0: Testing one, two, testing, testing one, two, testing one, two. Well, (laughs) hello everybody from Harai Benghazi. No, it's not Benghazi. Uh, I apologize for that. We are now in Harai Zimbabwe. Here we go. The
1: Truth News Network. A recent article about gun control stated that after nearly 300 years, the only reason for the government to want to disarm the citizenry was because they plan to do something we'd shoot them for. The government says it's for your safety, but you see, pulling the teeth of the sheep for their safety will not make the wolves harmless. That's a reality that's hard to deny. But then reality is what we do. We're TNN, the Truth News Network. And here to sort out the madness is Dan Newman.
0: <laughs> the madness today has to be with the fact that I am staying in Harai, Zimbabwe, in one of the most unbelievable, finest luxury hotels, actually. A converted, thoroughbred, high-class, very upscale, thoroughbred training ranch. And I'm broadcasting from a suite that is actually a converted multitude of stalls. And it is incredible. Unfortunately for the show, when cleaning, housekeeping was in this morning several things regarding broadcast equipment were manipulated with. <laughs> I, uh, I am not looking for somebody to uh, get in trouble, not at all. I am just thankful that we found out what was going on. Thank you for delaying this broadcast and agreeing to be here an hour later. We'll do that for the rest of this week. And in doing so, we are going to be able to bring you news and information, special things that otherwise we couldn't. I am in the middle of some of the most unbelievable meetings. You've heard Dunstan Teo on this show multiple times. You heard him yesterday, an interview, one of the four interviews he did with us in the last few weeks and last few months. Dunstan is one of the co-creators of Bitcoin and is a master at all things regarding currency for multiple nations around the world. We will have Dunstan with us, hopefully live later this weekend, if I can pull him out of one of these meetings. I left and rushed back to be able to broadcast this show today, timely, only to find out we had trouble. So why don't we pause just for a second for one of two reasons. First of all, Let me catch my breath. How about that? But secondly, to get you in the mood, it's Tuesday. Life goes on, and I hope yours so far today has been good. So far. Well, 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 you're so far away, (laughs) I'm so far from home, I want to thank my beautiful wife, Mary Ann, for understanding the importance, the significance of this meeting that I am in, in uh, Harai, I keep wanting to say Benghazi, it's Zimbabwe, special people here, a special city, and great things are happening, we'll tell you throughout this week more about those Things, but guess what happened while you were asleep? Lots. Ukraine, oh my gosh, is back in the story today. So Ukraine tells us they are very appreciative of all the help they got from the United States. $37 billion the United States is already giving in military aid. Again, on top of what we've already given them. Andrzej Melnik who's becoming well-known beyond the borders of his country for his persistent campaigning to push for more and more and more military donations to Ukraine. And being one of the loudest voices, incidentally, demanding larger numbers of tanks, those Western jets, and even warships. He made the comments on a German television political show this week where he said Western nations... Listen to this have to cross their own red lines to send more equipment to Ukraine. the former ambassador to German, now Ukrainian government minister said this will not be an easy undertaking but a Herculean task. So with the 37 additional billion, by my count that puts the United States in this thing close to 150 billion dollars in aid to Ukraine now let you and I put that in perspective for a minute Ukraine right smack dab in the middle of northern Europe northeastern Europe to be fair but it's right in the middle of our partnership with all those nations over there We call it NATO, the North American Treaty Organization. NATO. Now, some of our NATO allies, they have contributed, our friends there, and some have contributed heavily. But nobody has stepped up to the tune of anything close to what the United States has, both in cash and in military equipment, some really, really devastating moves that have been taken by this administration. Few are talking about what I'm about to tell you. What happens when our government sends our own military equipment to other nations? Well, first of all, all of this equipment was created. We produce all our own equipment. It was created from American tax dollars. And it didn't just happen. Nobody just walked into Walmart and bought a a tank or a stinger missile or a missile equipment to fire missiles or armed drones. Nobody has done that. It takes years of planning, years of preparation and manufacturing. And all of this that we have given to Ukraine, think about this. I'm going to drop a truth bomb on you. We don't have it anymore anymore. And we can't go to Walmart and buy any today or tomorrow or next month. And in many cases, not next year. So what does this mean to the United States? We are being told now by our military leaders, who, by the way, most of were appointed by this president, Joe Biden, and they're loyal to him, but most of them are telling us now we're in trouble. We are in trouble because... We can't defend ourselves in case we need to defend ourselves. Now, mention the name Dunstan Teo. I don't know if you remember this. I think the, the show yesterday we played, I, I, I played the interview, one of his four interviews, and I believe it's the one where he mentioned when we were talking about the corruption in cryptocurrency that happened when the FTX exchange failed. Sam Bankman Freed, remember him? Hundreds of billions of dollars disappeared. Dunstan found out and relayed to us that a huge chunk of the first 75 or 80 billion dollars the United States sent to Ukraine was sent as cryptocurrency. And a bunch of that money, he didn't give us an exact number. I, in a meeting today, I asked and I found out he knows exactly how much But a bunch of that money went to places other than Ukraine, to people other than the Ukrainian people. And some of the recipients of your tax dollars, my tax dollars, happen to be current and former United States federal um, elected officials. I'm being kind when I say that. So what does all that mean? What it means is very obvious to me and you. In this government, especially, and who am I talking about this government? The Biden administration. The United States is for sale. Anybody that says otherwise is not being truthful to you. How can I say that? It's almost... As with impunity, this administration is making policy decisions outside their authority under the U.S. Constitution and knowing full well that much of it, especially that that happens to do with dollars and cents, their doing so is unconstitutional and that it surely will be uh, confronted in a court of law. But here's the thinking, and this is the part, that is so evil, they don't care. And what's their justification? There is no justification. They're not even trying to make excuses anymore. Here's the way they're reconciling it. It's going to be tested in court, and we know that, and there's a 50-50 chance we'll lose. But you know what? We have put by appointment... We have put a lot of federal judges at every kind of court at the federal level in place. And many of those lean politically in the way they adjudicate cases. And that's the reason we nominated them for these positions. So there's probably a 50-50 chance we're going to be okay. So whatever the reason or reasons for this money and all of this military equipment going to Ukraine... It's being done so in the name of propping up an ally, making sure that Russia does not get a leg up and take over another country in Europe, and we can push back on Vladimir Putin. That's what we're told. But you know what? Very little of that, if any of that, is proving to be true. There are many other moving parts to this. A lot of it has to do with the president's son and the trouble that he is in for a lot of reasons. And so it's come to light. Finally, let me just say this. A lot of our media, even the legacy media folks, are awakening, awakening to the fact that things aren't so good in Biden land. The Biden family syndicate has been exposed in many ways. And so the president over the weekend on the talk shows, he makes the rounds finally, a couple of them. And he was asked point blank by one reporter about the trouble his son is in. Hunter's under investigation. We know he's been under investigation for several years in the state of Delaware by the Delaware federal prosecutor there for income tax fraud. We are told probably because he lied on an application to that was sent to the ATF to approve his permitting to buy a gun and he lied on that application because one of the questions, I own several guns that I bought legally and filled out the same form and it asked if he is using or has used illegal drugs. And obviously to be able to purchase that gun, I haven't seen the application, but to purchase the gun, he can't leave that blank. He's got to fill it in. And if he if he responded affirmatively, <laughs> He wouldn't have gotten the gun. We know he got the gun. So in addition to tax fraud, which we're told very demonstrably, it's very obvious he committed tax fraud. On top of that, another felony for lying on a gun application that went up to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Well, guess what daddy's doing? Daddy's ready just in case his son, somebody he said he trusts and he knows his son has done nothing wrong. He's getting ready to do something just in case Hunter gets charged with federal violations.
2: So the Justice Department apparently considering possible tax and gun charges against Hunter Biden. But the Republican chair of the House Oversight Committee is urging prosecutors to hold off on any indictment. James Comer says that he will reveal some big new evidence on Wednesday of this week.
3: This is about the entire Biden family, including the president of the United States. So we believe there are a whole lot of accounts that the IRS and the DOJ don't know about, because we don't believe they've done a whole lot of digging in this.
2: Miranda Devine, uh, New York Post columnist, Fox News contributor, follows the story very closely. Miranda, welcome back here, and thank you uh, for being on our program today. He's saying that what they have is a drop in the bucket. All right, we've been waiting, and we've been waiting three, four, five years. Um, I, I don't know what Comer has, but will the DOJ trump him? And if it does, this Comer not, is he unable to release his information?
4: Yeah, hi, Bill. Uh, Look, I think what James Comer is telling us is that whatever the DOJ is doing in their five-year investigation in Delaware into Hunter Biden's overseas business deals, uh, it's just a drop in the bucket. It is uh, they are preparing for a slap on the wrist. Um, I don't think that there is going to be anything imminent this week, um, as I think foreshadowed by The Washington Post. Um, It seems that this is going to drag on and there's certainly a lot of very strong fighting coming from Hunter's side. He has teams of lawyers, the most expensive lawyers in the country, and that's what US Attorney Delaware in Delaware, David Weiss, is up against. James Comer, though, uh, has been following the money and um, he seems to think that he's done a more thorough job than uh, the DOJ has been able to do in five years. Let's see what he has on Wednesday, Um, but I don't think he'll be gizumped.
2: Okay, all right, we'll wait on that. Meanwhile, late on Friday night, MSNBC had an interview that it aired with the Commander-in-Chief. He was asked about this, and the
5: answer's gotten a lot of reaction. Watch. Sir, there is something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. How will that impact your presidency?
6: First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him, I have faith in him, and it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of
2: him. The legal experts are saying just commenting on that um, makes for a sticky wicket. Explain, Miranda.
4: Yes, and this is something that Joe Biden and, uh, remember, his Chief of Staff, Ron Klain, have been doing from the start. And considering that Joe Biden is the boss of the Attorney-General, Merrick Garland, who is the boss of the US Attorney in Delaware, David Weiss, um, that has a chilling effect. Uh, Who would want to be David Weiss at the moment um, with that kind of pressure coming down on him? Um, You know, I think that what Joe Biden is doing is setting the stage for... Uh, you know, his pardon of his son, if it comes to that, perhaps in his lame duck period. Um, He's always played the sympathy card. Um, He's had a lot of tragedy in his life, so that's been uh, politically expedient for him. And uh, I, I think he's doing the same here. He's setting himself up as someone whose only crime is that he loves his son too much.
2: Well, wow. okay. Political kind of echoes that a little bit. They, uh, the, it wrote, Bracing for Impact. Biden World preps for a Hunter Biden fallout and says Biden aides are more worried about the personal toll it will take on the president as a father. You dropped three stories last night at the New York Post. Uh, Put them in one sentence. (laughs) What do we need to know, Miranda?
4: Well, again, it's uh, allegations um, uh, that have been around for at least since 2018, about Joe Biden being involved and benefiting from his family's influence peddling scheme. Um, We know uh, from uh, last week there was a whistleblower who came forward um, that James Comer and Chuck Grassley in the Senate uh, seemed to be very excited about, who said that there was an, uh, an allegation to the FBI that was contained in a a form with the FBI from a confidential source alleging that Joe Biden had received bribes uh, from a foreign national um, or from a foreign country in order to change policy. Don't know if those allegations are real, um, but that's what James Comer says this whistleblower is alleging. Um, And now we find from another former US attorney, this time from Arkansas, um, that back in... Uh, around that period, he also brought to the DOJ, in fact, to Jeffrey Berman, the US attorney in New York, uh, similar allegations that Joe Biden was involved this time in Ukraine uh, with some sort of bribery scheme. So, um, again, okay. uh, Jeffrey Berman heard uh, did nothing about this as far as Um, Bud Cummins knows, and in fact, Bud Cummins got spied on himself.
2: Okay, James Comer says he's going to talk on Wednesday. We'll see what he comes up with then and uh, where it goes. Miranda, thanks. Miranda Devine, New York Post. Thanks for coming on.
0: This is the president of the United States we're talking about. Not some foreign uh, oligarch, somebody in a powerful position in Vladimir Putin's administration, or even one of those Ukrainian evil oligarchs that the whole world's known about for many, many years. We're talking about the president of the United States. And oh, by the way, there's a little news about that corruption in the Biden family syndicate that can't even be uh, controverted. A client of Hunter Biden's now-defunct firm went to the White House multiple times during the Obama administration. What does that mean? Joe Biden was the vice president, in the Obama administration for all eight years, right? Well, these visits include some with then-Vice President Biden and a top Biden aide, in addition to spending a whole bunch of time with Biden during a very casual New York City meeting that was arranged by the younger Biden. This is according to a bunch of emails. Nicholas Rohatin. A Biden donor and the founder and CEO of the Rohatine Group met with Biden and visited the White House a couple of times when Joe was vice president, when Hunter's now-defunct Rosemont Seneca Partners was overseeing his hedge fund accounts. Little tie there, little financial tie there, right? So Rohatine's business relationship with Hunter, it seems to have started back in 2010 in March. That's specific when Hunter and Eric Schwerwin, RSP's then president, discussed inviting him to a Mexico lunch. The Mexico State Dinner at the White House, (laughs) that's lunch, right, was held on May 19th of 2010. So it appears the lunch, too, occurred around this time. Quote, can we invite Nick to the Mexico lunch? Evans said we may have some spots Thoughts? Schwerwin asked, referring to Evan Ryan, President Biden's current White House Cabinet Secretary, who was serving at that time as his assistant. Fox News Digital previously reported that Ryan, Antony Blinken's wife, you got that, Antony Blinken, who now is Secretary of State, was instrumental in coordinating invites for that Mexico State dinner. Also should see, this is in this email, also should see if Carlos Slim is on that list. May not come, but would be good. Schwerwin replied, referring to the Mexican billionaire who Hunter was seeking to do business with. It's unclear if Roatine attended the luncheon. But it's not over yet. The next month, April 14, 2010, Arlene Bush, a former RSP partner, emailed Hunter, Roatine, and another partner of the Roatine group, writing, as you are aware, we just returned from China. Attached is a sample of the meetings we attended. Please contact me with any questions. And by the way, don't question that. I'm looking at that email right now, myself. Months later, the story just gets deeper. July 14, 2010, Roatine attended a policy dinner in New York City hosted by Hunter and Chris Hines. Chris Hines, Teresa Hines Carey. Chris Hines, ring a bell? (laughs) This is an incestuous group of people. Chris Hines himself, a former RSP partner and the stepson of then-Senator John Carey, Democrat of Massachusetts. Now he's a special envoy, a climate envoy that works in the Biden administration. But guess what? Because that's not a cabinet position, the envoy, the climate change envoy that he is, he didn't have to be confirmed by the Senate. Nobody knows who works in his office, how much the budget is for that office, how much care is making, no way to document and verify any of the the extensive, exhaustive travel expenses that are paid by the American taxpayers. We don't know any of that. Well, Chris Hines shows emails planning the dinner suggests the dinner was designed to bring an interesting and diverse group of people together and get some informative discussions going including a number of interesting financial, political, and labor folks. That's according, again, to Biden's son, Hunter. You heard the president a few minutes ago. I know my son's done nothing wrong. Among the confirmed attendees are New York Governor David Patterson, Pennsylvania Treasurer Rob McCord, That's in an email from Hunter Biden a week before the dinner. We will also have the CFO of the New York State United Teachers, Bert Lesniewski, and Chris Chaffee, who I believe you know was the change to win and now is Executive Director of the Clean Economy Development Center. A couple of days after the meeting, RSP's Alexandria Stanton emailed Rohatin thanking him for attending. I just wanted to send a brief note to thank you for participating in our policy forum last week. I know how valuable your time is, and I hope you found the interactions useful and the conversations stimulating. And by the way, Stanton wrote that, but CC'd Hunter, Heinz, and Bush. Our goal at Rosemox Seneca is to create intimate dynamics where our clients can both benefit professionally and intellectually, she continued. This forum was about the confluence and interrelatedness of finance, politics, and labor. Our plan is to do a series of these dinners, and we promise to alternate topics and attendees each time so you encounter an interesting breadth and depth of individuals. Two months later, September 16, 2010, RSP's office manager named Joan Pugh emailed Hunter about an upcoming meeting between Roatine and then Treasury Secretary Larry Summers at the White House later that day, saying, Biden could meet with Roatine. Your dad can meet with Nick before his 1.45 p.m. meeting with Secretary Summers, Pew wrote. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Joe Biden maybe. 237 times has said publicly, I never discussed any of my son's business dealings with him. I never talked to him about any of it. Or James, his, the president's brother. I never spoke with them. We are finding out from other people's mouths over and over and over and over. The president has been lying and is lying about this. So let me let me just move on by asking you a question. When someone, I don't care if it's the President of the United States, your three-year-old kid, or your spouse, if they lie, and continue to lie, and lie some more, and lie again and again and again, what does it mean? What could the possible meanings of that be? There's only a few. Number one, they're corrupt. Well, your kid's not corrupt. And I think it's highly unlikely that your spouse is corrupt. So why would they do it? Because they're ashamed of it. They don't want you to know the facts, whatever the reasons. Why would Joe Biden, the president of the United States, and when he was out of office previously, when he left the Obama White House? You do remember there were a few years in between when he wasn't in the White House and maybe one year of that he was campaigning to get back in the White House, but he didn't have an official position. So why would he lie like this? You know my opinion, and this is purely opinion. There are people that I know personally, some that I know in politics, that we call pathological liars. What does that mean? That means they lie and don't even think they're lying when they do it. So what we're looking at, it could be a confluence of several different things. Several different things the president could be doing it because of. He could be cognitively declining. And I think many people know that and many people believe that is factually happening. That could be all of the reasoning. It could be part of it. And then the other one is the really scary one. Pathologically lying. Lying when you either don't even know you're lying or you do it and it doesn't matter. You don't give a rip. You're going to say what you feel like you need to say at the moment. And because you're in a position of power, pretty much powerful position for anybody to be in, the President of the United States, who's going to hold you Responsible. Let, let me just tell you something. If you just joined the show late, I am in uh, Zimbabwe, Harare, Zimbabwe, the the capital of the the country. Sixteen million people here. I uh, on the flight over, I left Dallas Fort Worth Saturday night about eleven thirty, and uh, the first leg of the flight was fifteen and a half hours to, Doha, Qatari, I couldn't sleep, so I wrote about, oh, I don't know, maybe 25, 30, maybe 40, maybe 50 pages. I was on a laptop, so I I didn't count the pages of a story that I'm going to publish after I get back stateside, and it's about one thing. It's about accountability, Accountability, where each of us is held accountable for what we do, for what we say, and also for what we don't do that we're supposed to do. And the difference between the last three for sure, maybe four generations, maybe five. I was born in 1953. I know, I know I'm know. i an old fart. 69 years old but in my generation the baby boomers almost to a person we were held sometimes horribly accountable for all of our wrongdoing so much so that guess what we didn't do it my mother would let me go pick out my own switch and if I dared come back with one that was too small or too limber, then she would go cut the switch and wear me out. And after, I don't even remember my age when it's, when it, when it started. She started early using her house shoe. I mean, a real old soft house shoe, and it really didn't hurt. Probably when I was three, maybe four or five, but it scared the bejesus out of me. It made a lot of noise too. But she got her bluff in. You know why? She was holding me accountable. I had a lot of friends growing up in South Louisiana in a good-sized town, 100,000 people, not a big city. Lafayette, Louisiana. Many of you know who it is or where it is. Nevertheless, we didn't break laws when I was growing up. We listened to our teachers. We listened to our coaches. We learned we did homework, we studied for tests, we turned in papers. Why? Because if we didn't, we were being held accountable for certain. This generation is accustomed to getting by with things. That's changing our culture, it's changing our society, and oh, by the way, it's changing the face of the nation. As this president and as his Homeland Security Director, Alejandro Mayorkas, what they are showing every American and they're showing every other country on the planet and every leader of every other country, and every citizen of every country on the planet, that the United States no longer, its leadership does not adhere to the laws that were passed by the people's representatives to perpetuate the rule of law. That's called accountability, and sadly, as it pertains to this president, either he doesn't know better, which you and I both know is not right, although he's got a very, very speckled career in fudging on the truth throughout his 50 years in Washington, D.C. Didn't know him before then. But we've published, we've played, we've let you listen to dozens and uh, tens of dozens of his lies And he does it with impunity that's why i think he may be pathological i don't know them nevertheless who's paying the price we have millions of illegals that are walking among us you saw one play out almost once a week over the last two months people that are performing horrible acts criminal acts against american citizens why are they doing it? Well, first of all, they're here illegally because our president didn't enforce the rule of law, chose on his own not to enforce criminal immigration laws, and doing it with an impunity and doesn't care. We're in trouble. My friends. And we the people, have got to rise up and make a statement, a loud statement to this president, that we want. Somebody in Washington at every level, all 535 seats of the House and the Senate, every member of the presidential administration, appointees and hirees. And oh, by the way, we want the president and the vice president, who both swear an oath to the Constitution and to protect and defend you and me. We expect and demand that they adhere to their oaths of office or they be removed either voluntarily or we the people send them packing
7: hi this is jack founder of jack in the box is the caller there mr box douglas goppers from burger week magazine oh hey doug doug's a respected fast food critic i recently dined on your sourdough jack combo and perfection the cheese the jumbo patty the golden sourdough bread the french fries bravo well thank you however i found the dessert a bit dry It doesn't come with dessert. The candy. The white, round candy with the happy face. Was it wearing a scarf? Yes, I believe it was. Rosy cheeks? Fuzzy earmuffs? Yes, that's it. Douglas, you ate a holiday ball. (gasps) We're giving one away free to customers who buy a sourdough Jack combo. But they're not for dessert. They're for antennas. Or a pencil? Right. Well, that's going to improve your score dramatically. Excellent.
1: Howdy. The streamer here. You know there's a place down yonder where three streams converge into one. That's where I saw the Mandalorian get himself into a space squabble. Watch me some UFC. And those folks from Modern Family had me cackling like a trout getting tickled. Well, that's the Disney Bundle for you. It lets you stream Disney+, Plus, Hulu, and ESPN+, Plus for only $13.99 a month. The Disney Bundle. It's streaming at its best.
8: Includes Hulu ad-supported plan. Access content from each service
1: separately. Terms apply. Visit the DisneyBundle.com for details.
2: Are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding swing. a... Go- swing! Ah! <laughs> uh. Whoa, looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to
1: 92466. Be a better golfer.
8: Yahoo!
1: Standard carrier text messaging rates apply. Guardian of the truth. Knight of the Republic. Speaker of the facts. Dan Newman on TNN. The Truth News Network.
0: Oh, you just thought he was going to say speaker of the facts. President Joe Biden. (laughs) I, I don't think so. Hey, by the way, don't forget second hour of our Tuesday show we have Steve Baker that joins us. I'm sure Steve is listening, he normally does at this particular time getting ready for the show and again, I'm in Zimbabwe we've had some connection problems today and God willing and uh, the ability to connect everything like we pray at will. Steve's going to be with us in the next 10 minutes or so. I mentioned what we're facing. Title 42 is up. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, they are arresting illegal migrants on the streets of El Paso. Now, why the heck have they decided to do it now? <laughs> they haven't done it in this administration, period. What's going on? The illegal migrants captured by feds are going to be processed, we're told, for either Title 42 or... Or removal proceedings under title 8 which by the way just so you know title 8 doesn't say anything about they're creating and perpetrating a criminal act by doing it it often takes years if they're if they're arrested based upon title 8 to adjudicate title 42 is going to end the 11th and in anticipation of a potential surge you think It's not potential. They're lining up in the tens of thousands. Democrat El Paso Mayor Oscar Lisa recently declared a state of emergency there. They are activating 200 more National Guard soldiers so they could pull the agents from the line for this. Border Patrol agent familiar with the operation said, many of these migrants who crossed the southern border illegally and didn't get apprehended are sheltering at and around Sacred Heart Church in downtown El Paso. DHS, they tell us they're going to be respectful of areas deemed sanctuaries for illegals and not make arrests in those areas, which, by the way, is illegal. People are there illegally. They know they're there illegally. Listen, you can't use a church as a legal sanctuary to hire somebody or hide somebody that is perpetrating a criminal act. Well, you can, but if you're the government, in normal circumstances, if you want to do it, you can't get away with it, but this is Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden. Enforcement operations in these areas are highly criticized by communities and sympathizers who intentionally bait Border Patrol agents into use of force scenarios. The situation in El Paso is a time example. Prime of what's to occur as the number of illegals increases in local sanctuary areas. This is from a DHS official who did not give their name. El Paso seen the most migrant encounters with more than a quarter of a million so far in fiscal year 2023. That's just El Paso, and as the story goes, they're just getting started. In the um, in the ramp up to all of this stuff, hardly anybody's talking about what last week was a 900 pound gorilla in the room. Everybody was talking about it. Debt ceiling talks. Debt ceiling talks. We're told that we're going to default. The government is on our behalf. <laughs> they're gonna, or to us. They're going to default on debt if we can't get members of Congress to agree to give the president a blank check and just tell him, go ahead and raise the debt, doesn't matter how much you spend, we're going to pay for it. So pressure's growing on President Biden, as it should be, to bend in debt ceiling talks with Republicans, though they have said, and also has their fellow Democrats, they're showing no signs of letting up from his no-negotiation stance. The president is facing abysmal approval ratings as he heads into the summit Uh, today, by the way, with Speaker McCarthy and other congressional leaders who have until the first of next month to come up with a deal that would stop the nation's first default. Meeting follows a Washington Post-ABC News poll. This one just blows my mind. It finds that Biden is trailing former President Trump if a head-to-head match should happen after previous polls showed him ahead of Trump. It also shows Trump with a very big advantage on the economy compared to Biden. Republicans, meanwhile, entering the debt ceiling talks more unified than ever. Even Mitch McConnell, the Senate GOP leader, signed on to a letter with 42 other Senate Republicans backing McCarthy's position over in the House that it's time for the White House to agree to spending cuts as part of a deal. McCarthy's position on this was was given a a bolster by the House GOP's passage of a bill that paired $1.5 trillion debt limit increase with sweeping spending cuts and clawbacks. In other words, clawback some of the places where we're spending money we don't have. Novel idea, right? That's a move that surprised Democrats, even Mitch McConnell, and deprived the White House of the talking point that Republicans have not articulated a spending cut plan. So what do you think is going (laughs) to happen? You know, I think, let me just say this, and I'm going to move on. I think this debt limit and default on the debt thing it's it's a uh, it's a red flag that is to divert our focus from other things just so we don't talk about those other things do i know anything specifically no i don't but it's a sense that i have because you just can't make this kind of stuff up i think I think the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has given some bad information about when the nation would go into default if we didn't reach an agreement, and I don't think we're there. I think Biden's looking for a blank check. I'm sad to say it, but I think that's all that's going on. So why don't we do this? Why don't we go to the phone? Let's let's see if Steve's awake.
7: Yes, sir, Mr. Newman.
0: Are you awake, sir?
7: (laughs) I'm awake. You know, it's uh, 11 a.m. here. We've actually uh, switched roles here today. We've switched. I'm in Shreveport, Louisiana, and you're somewhere else in the world.
0: (laughs) I am. I've already told them. I'm in Harai, Zimbabwe.
7: Ah, so you you (laughs) let the cat out of that bag.
0: I know. But, um, but I, I yeah. don't I don't know if you joined us at the beginning of the show, but maybe it's because we didn't stretch the uh, the clothesline wire tight enough. We had problems getting on the air today. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, I had to just come clean and say it was an excuse. It wasn't a reason. Hey, um, my excuse is uh, there was a cord cable missing, which that's actually the truth. There was one missing from our equipment, after I left this morning for meetings, the uh, the house cleaners, for whatever reason or reasons, not only moved a cord, but moved it somewhere else in the facility. All that being said, we're oh, here. Goodness. So you're in Shreesville. You were supposed, yeah. you were supposed to be in Washington, D.C., sitting in front of those uh, video monitors viewing some of that... Footage from January 6. What happened?
7: My, uh, we'll just say that it got indefinitely postponed. Nothing nefarious, I don't believe, but my chair was given to someone else. Ah. But having said that, having said that, someone else in one of the other chairs has a list of my particular shopping items that they're going to be looking for over the next three days. Okay. Since I have not, but since I'm going to be there, they're going to be looking. But I still have to get get in that seat soon.
0: So you are being represented?
7: Yes, yes, yes. My my interests are, in fact, being represented.
0: <laughs> well, let's just launch into the important biz of the day. Um, I haven't seen you or really talked to you since last week. There's been a lot of, right. new, lot of news that's come out. What, regarding our president, have you been exposed to news-wise stuff we know about maybe but stuff we don't know about what's the most unbelievable thing you've heard
7: i i certainly do not have anything re- directly related to the president that uh anyone else scanning the news is not already privy to uh, i will tell you man this if I if I start down the list, I don't know how. I don't think we have enough time today, do we? I mean, <laughs> no, we I know. Don't. I, I, I don't. I don't know how many time zones you are away. But if we if we did the math and stretch this out, we could probably run into tomorrow's show at least.
0: It's um, it's six oh, o no, it's six yeah. o oh four here, Steve. PM.
7: Uh, I'm assuming that's PM. Okay. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Seven so, hours away.
7: Yeah we we could we could run this through the night and talk about the president, but. You know, I, I I will tell you what I'm most disturbed about, because this is a this is a bugaboo with me, and it's it's always been a burr under my saddle saddle every time one of these shooting incidents occur. But we we have now we have the president, and we have the president's spokespersons, uh, like like his uh, press secretary, calling this new shooter. Uh, this new shooting incident, and just just outside of Dallas, there, uh, calling him outright a right winger, and uh, I don't know what the basis for that is, except that all of the key elements are in the story. You know, they're referring to him as a white supremacist. He's obviously a um, Hispanic. He, they're calling him a Nazi because he apparently has. Nazi tattoos, but uh, his Nazi website is hosted by a Russian social media uh, account, which he doesn't read Russian. In fact, he lives in a family that doesn't even speak English. The the police had to get translators to speak to his family afterwards. And so there's just so many things that don't line up, but we see this administration rush straight to the quote-unquote right-wing extremist card. Well, first of all, Nazism is not a right-wing ideology. It's a left-wing ideology. National socialist, excuse me, socialism. It's in the title. It's in the name. And then we see somebody, just because he has a Nazi uh, tattoo, labeled then as a right-winger, which then, of course, is immediately associated with the GOP, which is immediately associated with conservatism, which is immediately then implied that that means MAGA when it means none of those things. And then you throw the additional uh, element into this mix at this supposed white supremacist, Nazi, right wing extremist, went out and shot a bunch of white people in a white neighborhood, in a predominantly white neighborhood. but So if you but, just look but, at the facts but, on the ground.
0: But Steve, he he had a gun. Well only yeah, MAGA extremist, white supremacist Nazis carry guns in yeah. the United <laughs> States. You should expect well, everybody that has a gun to go to a mall in Allen, Texas and kill a few people.
7: Except now that we're, we're seeing that that's actually not the case. Is it any longer, Dan? We're seeing that it's transgender people. We're seeing that it's illegal immigrants. We're seeing that it's immigrants that have been kicked out of the country three, four, five times already, deported, and come right back in unimpeded. And now we're seeing that this is – the tide is turning away from the long-time um, – FBI statistical pattern of these mass shootings, these school shootings, theaters, malls, whatever the case may be, of being some frustrated, uh, isolation isolated white teenager or young man, and now it, it is turning to where we're seeing the t- the the statistical average is moving over towards, and all and just go back and look at what's happened here in recent months. It's transgenders. It's gender confused. It's uh, illegal immigrants it's uh <laughs> once again the the so-called white supremacist hispanic uh that went out and shot white people I mean, that's that's what we're dealing with now so once again my mind my investigative and my and questioning mind had has to kick into full gear and the only thing i can ask dan is what is actually happening
0: well let me These answer let me answer that let me answer over. that for you let me answer All that right. for you What's happening is people of every race, of every sex, of every sexual identity, of every political persuasion are living in a world where absolutes are faux pas. You're not allowed to be an absolute or have an absolute opinion unless you are a hardcore sycophantic Democrat or Democrat ideologist. If you are of any other ilk than that, you automatically are labeled as a white supremacy uh, a supremacist. Even if you're not, you don't in, in your life show any uh, inclination for that. Or you're a MAGA conservative or a MAGA Republican. That's it. Nobody else fits the narrative that is the only one that this administration finds acceptable. Forget about that fact thing. Forget about that truth thing. Those things don't matter. We're talking about politics. We're talking about Joe Biden. I don't think Joe Biden remembers any of this stuff. I don't think he remembers any much of anything. No. He let, let, let me tell you, and I don't want to get any more serious than this. <laughs> I'm not going to keep you long. I want to tell you a funny true story. Years ago, I, um, I, uh, I owned a local radio station there, FM 100,000 watt radio station. I won't, I won't give the call letters. It's still there. Previous to that, I'd done the morning show for a number of years. And in the position that I was at, I was asked by the local paper, the Shreveport Times, to promote, to create and promote a Times, in the name of the radio station, family festival over a long weekend. There was a double-A minor baseball team there, the captains at that time, Mm -hmm. and and this was in the spring, so they wanted to do a weekend at the captains, and they wanted to do a charity golf tournament, and then they wanted to do a festival right behind the stadium on the state fairgrounds for a bunch of kids bring in, you know, the usual stuff that uh, get kids interested. So we agreed to do it. We promoted it very heavily. But I brought in a heavyweight that was the co-named person on this, Terry Bradshaw. He had not Uh been out of the NFL for very long. Terry went to Louisiana Tech. I went to Louisiana Tech, but he's one, two, three, four. He's five years older than me. I had met him but I didn't know him. So he comes back in, and he demanded he was going to play on a team in this charity golf tournament at Shreveport Country Club, and he demanded that he would be on my team. So I, I probably don't mean to tell you that I don't need to tell you that I was very <laughs> intimidated. So say what you will about Terry Bradshaw. he uh, The buffoon that you see and hear from him often is a it's a shill? It's not true. He's brilliant. He uh, education wise not so much, but life education he is a master at understanding people. So in the second hole of this tournament, I am nervous as a woman of the evening in church. <laughs> <laughs> and so Terry sees that. And I'm standing on the green, we're watching one of our partners put the ball, and he walks over to me and he says, hey, Dan, you know what it feels like when you really have to pee really, really bad? And of course me, I wanted to, oh, oh yeah, Terry, I know. I, you know, I, I I understand that, I really do. And he said, do this, would you feel of me and see if I need to pee really, really bad? <laughs> I'll tell you what it did. It broke the ice. And by the way, we won the golf tournament. <laughs> oh my goodness. Crazy. But my point is, and I put that in the context of us talking about president Biden, not knowing. I was so, about
7: to ask you what your point was.
0: <laughs> I can see a scenario when Joe, Biden if you watch some of his interviews and it doesn't have to be interviews of recently, um, uh, you see his cognitive disability flare up numerous times, different times, unexplainable, oh, yeah. but it's real, and the American public believe yeah. it. Believe it is now. Only thirty-two or thirty-three percent of the American Democrats want him to run for re-election, but that that that's wow. all lost on him. But my point is, I can see a moment where he might would have walked over to Jill and say, "Hey, Jill." Am I wet? Do I need to change my depends? And that's (laughs) sad to say. But then look at what we are living through as the American people right now. That's really sad. And Sam Bankman (laughs) freed with FTX. Dunstan Teo came on this show. I'm with him this week, by the way, here in Zimbabwe. Um, Came on Uh the show and he told us factually that a chunk of that money that we sent to Ukraine, the original 100 billion plus or close to that, a bunch of it went as crypto, right. supposed to go as cryptocurrency to Ukraine, and a bunch of it didn't go. And I won't say where it went, but Dunstan told me and the group that I'm that's here meeting with us, and it has to do with this president. And whoever he answers to and whoever tells him what to do and what not to do. And that speculation about who that might be, we could stay here all day, but we're not going to do that. We're in a bad spot.
7: Yes, we are. We are, Dan. And I had a, I had an opportunity to go off on a tweet rant last night. It's one of those, one of those tweet rants where I semi regret some of the things that I said, (laughs) but but I, I left it, I left it hanging out there in the uh, uh, the internet world for those to see it later and, and for all time maybe but I, I am I am truly at that point right now where I think that we need to begin the process of actively forming coalitions between the red zones to push back against the blue zones and I'm not talking about armed conflict I have to be very clear very clear about that i was very clear about that in my tweet storm but the bottom line is is that is that we are as i the more analysis i do of the political situation in this country this country is being dominated by blue cities and the reality dan is is that there is no such thing as a blue state in this country just look at the map look at the electoral map every state is a red state but some states are dominated by the overwhelming Population of the voters, uh, the numbers of voters in those huge blue cities, which then overpower, overrule, and uh, ultimately impose their tyrannical majority—the the, you know the, the the mob rule, more or less—on the rest of the uh, the rest of the state. And it's just it's just time. Uh, I, we're going to have to do it uh, locally. We have to do it through our. Our sheriffs, we have to do it through our mayor, our attorneys general. We have to do it if we can get our governors on board. But uh, these are the these are the times that we, you and I, have talked about so many other times before that we never saw coming. Maybe in our lifetime, at least we hoped it wouldn't catch us catch us while we were still here on this mortal coil. But it is here, and uh, I think that I think that it's time for us to start that process of forming those those uh, coalitions and communities and doing what we have to do to push back because this federal government is
0: lost to us. The most embarrassing thing for me about what you just said, Steve, and I mean this seriously, is I really did hope and pray that it wouldn't happen until after you and I were gone. I'm a little older than you. I'm 69. And uh, I feel like I have at least 40 more years. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. Good for you. you. Yeah. (laughs) You know where I'm saying. Maybe then I would ask Marianne, yeah. hey, Marianne, do I need to have my depends changed? Uh, <laughs> but, but something came up, and I'll, we're, we're going to have to end this segment. You and I talked about this briefly, I think, yesterday. I was in a meeting yesterday. I was in a, a long meeting. I, I was in an eight-hour meeting yesterday, seven-hour meeting today. And the conversation comes up because I'm American and there was uh, one other American that was in the room, and it came up about President Joe Biden. And here's the thing that just set everybody in that room on fire. He actually came out over the weekend, and he bragged about the fact that he was demanding that his military, from top to bottom, by 2034, I think is the number he threw out, 2030, somewhere between there and now, is going to be mandatory an electric vehicle. Yeah. And his vice president was right in there <laughs> saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the secretary of energy was out there on the, the, the news trail this weekend, doubling and tripling down on that. Tweet storm. Mm-hmm. I laughed my butt off reading the tweets. One of them, that, and, and I'm going to paraphrase what it said, it said i can just see this happening elon musk creates a fleet of pontoons with electric charging cables and sun sun screens the screens where battleships and aircraft carriers can pull up to and recharge Oh I can goodness see goodness. I can see a scenario where on the battlefield, our generals out there or the people that are in these new tanks that we've given to Ukraine, they have to pop the top open and look over across at their enemies and say, "Wait a minute, guys, we got to pause for two hours. We'll be back. We got to go recharge."
7: Well, it could be a new treaty, Dan. We could we could get a new international treaty uh, signed at the Hague that all nations will agree to that during war, they will stop every two hours for a, <laughs> you know, for a four hour, eight hour battery charging session. We do it all synchronously so that everybody can, you know, can fairly uh, fight and or charge their batteries at the same time.
0: And I'll, I'll end the segment with this. I look forward to seeing that extension cord that is invented that will electrically power fighter jets
7: well yeah i was just thinking about these b uh, 52s based here in barksdale <laughs> right outside of shreveport uh, i can't wait to see the conversion uh kit <laughs> to convert those to electrical
0: vehicles yeah it, 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 if you don't <laughs> laugh if you don't laugh about it you're gonna cry this is the president of the united states he's our president he's my president and yours and We can't say otherwise because we've got to be factual. We're not hearing much in the way of factual, but we're hearing a lot in the way of just plain stupid, Steve. I don't know any other way to label it. It
7: No, it's it's the commander in idiocy, (laughs) not the commander-in-chief.
0: Hey, listen— I really appreciate you joining this show. You bring a lot of perspective, and thank you so much for doing that. And I was really hoping you were going to be in Washington at that uh, video editing system so that you could pull down and bring back to us some of that January 6th stuff. That stuff that was given to Tucker Carlson at Fox News by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy exclusively. And uh, he just did one and a half show using some of that. Maybe you'll bring the rest to us, I hope.
7: There's more coming. There's more coming. I can tell you that for sure.
0: Steve Baker joins us every Tuesday in our second hour. My friend, leave Shreveport kind of intact when you leave town, okay? (laughs) I'm going to do my best. (laughs) All right, buddy. Talk soon.
7: Be safe. Bye-bye.
0: Steve Baker. What a guy. Got a lot more. Stay right there.
1: Real News tnn the truth
0: news network
4: summer seems even brighter when you've been inside a while it's time to drive again with honda kbb.com's 2020 best value brand you could get a great deal on the 2020 passport or 2020 pilot with financing as low as 0.9 percent apr on select models visit the honda summer clearance event today
5: For well qualified buyer CD, look for financing details based on 2020 brand image drawers from KellyBuba. Visit KBB.com for more information.
2: New Dunkin' Refreshers.
3: Vibrant fruit flavors like strawberry dragon fruit and peach passion fruit. B vitamins and energy from green tea. All under 200 calories. Order ahead via the Dunkin' app for contactless way to order, pay, and pick up in the drive thru. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary limited time offer.
5: The advanced surgeons at the Center for Innovative GYN Care look beyond quick fixes like birth control to help their patients find the best treatment options for complex GYN conditions. My name is Sakina, and I had the CIGC groundbreaking minimally invasive hysterectomy. I got back to my life in a week with only two small incisions and minimal scarring. Discover the CIGC difference with offices in Midtown Manhattan and Montclair, New Jersey. Telemedicine appointments are also available. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY.
7: Hi, Tom Bodette. Motel 6's new improved website lets you book a room and save more for what you travel for faster than ever. Even faster than you can find your keys, which you swore were right on the little hooky thing by the garage door where they always are and we can land a robot on a comet but we can't keep keys from disappearing. Oh, here they are. <sniffs> Left them in my jacket. Don't you hate that? I'm Tom Bodette for the new improved motel6.com and we'll leave the light on for you
1: in a world of fake news the truth will out truthnewsnet.org again Dan Newman
0: you guys know who Sky News is I'm sure you do the Murdoch family Rupert Lachlan and James the owners of Fox News actually they're Australians and they own Sky News in Australia now Sky News, it's not a total conservative television network, but they have several shows on that network that are comprised of very conservative people. And in the P.S. to what you just heard Steve Baker and I talking about, Joe Biden, some of the craziness that we've heard, some of it from his own mouth, a lot of it from his own mouth, but in his actions, our friends down under, I monitor them, almost at least once or twice a week. I want to find out what they're reporting about the United States, our government, our political leaders. And you probably don't even need to accept the fact, but they had a plethora of things to talk about about our president. And in the aftermath of what Steve Baker and I just talked about, I wanted you to hear what our Sky News counterparts had to say about our president.
8: It's time to check in and see how things are going in Britain's most famous former colonies. Mr. President?
6: They say, we're not going to increase the debt that every president has done for the last six million years here. Uh, I mean, ne- ne- never hadn't done anything but that.
8: Yes, six million years, years, six million years, Rita. Yes, there there was Joe Biden muttering his way through a discussion about what to do about the debt ceiling in the United States. A question, the answer to which is, if you're a Democrat, is simply raise it. I mean, just loading up the federal government with more liabilities and pumping more money into the economy. What could go wrong, right? But in that same talk, Joe Biden also dropped a bombshell that he was going to hold a major media conference. Um, You know, I I think
6: we've got a lot of work to do. uh, And I'm doing a major press conference this afternoon. So uh, I love you all, but I'd like to ask you to leave, swing it down to
8: business. (laughs) Now, that would have been huge news because it's been months since he's done a major news conference, but it turns out he was just confused. As New York Times White House correspondent Katie Rogers tweeted later, at ease, the president was referring to his MSNBC interview tonight when he said he was delivering a major press conference this afternoon, per two people familiar with the situation. And that interview went, well, about as you would expect. For example, you're going to be able to get an Amtrak
6: and instead of going through the tunnel of Baltimore at 30 miles an hour because nothing's been done under the Ch- Chesapeake Bay for under the, the Baltimore River, uh, the Baltimore area for 80 years, they're going to be able to go to 100, through it 100 miles an hour. We're going, they're going to see more, they're going to see railroads going from Syracuse to down, all the way down to New York, upstate New York. Anyway, to, to, to the city. But my, I guess what I'm saying, what I think they're going to see is
8: moving. Someone <laughs> needs to hit <laughs> the reset button there on the president, <laughs> I think. Um, and of course, that was as interesting as his trip to Washington's Taqueria Habanero earlier in the day. <laughs> jump why does he keep saying that i mean of all the strange catchphrases that one really takes the cake thankfully at least vice president kamala harris avoids repeating meaningless sayings that don't make sense but again i repeat myself
5: i can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been you know what can be unburdened by what has been, what can be unburdened by what has been, what can be unburdened by what has been, what can be unburdened by what has been. What we can see what we believe can be unburdened by what has been. what can be unburdened by what has been.
8: Oh, uh, and by you. the way, how That's happy dang. did Bill Clinton look in that last <laughs> shot there? Hey, I mean, look at him. Wow. He can't believe his luck. He's, he's Are we
7: sure he's still with us? <laughs> I'm not sure,
8: Rita, but I'll tell you what, there's a lot more where that came from, too. And this is where the Democrats, I mean, this is a lot of fun, but the Democrats have a real problem. I mean, Kamala Harris may want to be unburdened by who we once were or whatever, but she is not unburdened by polls or reality. The fact is, Americans by and large don't like what they see when they see Kamala Harris. Her net approval rating is underwater by about 12 points, according to the Real Clear Politics average of polls. And only around 40% think she is doing a good job as vice president which, frankly, isn't that hard a job. Now, given that no one really expects that if Joe Biden wins another term and declarations aside, I still think there is a big question mark over whether or not he actually winds up running at all. A vote for Biden is also a vote for Harris. This is why spoiler candidate Robert Kennedy Jr. is so interesting Half of what he says is kind of bonkers, but his warnings about the death of freedom and dissent in the US should absolutely be heeded, and he could also wind up being the spoiler for a Biden presidency or re-election, rather, because past serious primary challengers have proven popular enough to throw incumbent presidents off their game, according to Time magazine. Former California Governor Ronald Reagan in 1976, primaried incumbent President Gerald Ford, who got the job only when Richard Nixon resigned. Time magazine continues to note that Senator Edward M. Kennedy, RFK Jr.'s uncle, (coughs) primaried Jimmy Carter four years later. And in 1992, actress Pat Buchanan tried to take out President George H.W. Bush. All of these challengers failed, but they exposed intra party divisions that helped make each incumbent a one term president. Indeed, to put it another way, Joe Biden has all the advantages of incumbency, but winning an election will be an uphill battle. <laughs> and we all know how well Joe Biden goes. When he tries to climb things,
0: (laughs) (laughs) It, it doesn't take anything specific descriptively to use it to describe the problems that this president has. He has problems just being an everyday American, at least with his issues. And I'm not making fun of him when I say that it is it is a real thing. And I want to be very, very transparent when I tell you this. For those of you that know me, you know that I'm a Christian. I believe strongly in the power of prayer. I feel even more strongly about the requirements that we are given in the Bible about what and how and for whom to pray. And one of the instructions that we all got if you're a Christian is we're to pray for those And authority over us. That would include, by the way, this president or any president of the United States. Fellow Democrats out there, not fellow Democrats, but Democrats out there, you were instructed when Donald Trump was president for four years to pray for him. Why? Because he was the people's choice to serve those four years. You should pray for him. Now, does that mean you have to agree with everything that Donald Trump felt or said? Does that mean you have to agree with everything Joe Biden feels or says? That's not what the Bible says. Pray for them. I, I liken it to this simile. If I'm on a plane, I just spent 15 hours on one leg of flying to Zimbabwe from Dallas-Fort Worth to Dofa, Dofar. Cutter, 15 hours. I didn't know the pilot of that plane. And it didn't matter if I did know him and he was somebody I didn't like. Guess what I would have done? I prayed for the pilot, even though I didn't know who he was. You know what? I prayed for him, and I think we should pray for the pilot of this ship, the great ship USA, that he gets us to where we're supposed to be going when we got on that plane. That would be President Joe Biden. He gets us to where we're supposed to go. I don't want Didn't want the pilot of that plane to fail in getting me to Qatar. I wanted him to be very successful. I want Joe Biden to get us to the end of this, but biding by the rule of law and his oath of office. That being said, you need to pray for President Joe Biden that he'll get us to the end of this, but also pray that he will begin to honor his oath of office to the American people and enforce every stinking federal law that's on the books, many of which regarding illegal immigration, he voted for when he was in the Senate. That part just blows my mind. Let me give you some more insanity. Listen to this. You know what Botox is? Botox is a under-skin treatment for some skin problems. You see these women today, many of them, even guys that have their lips puffed up, those are injections, Botox, B-O-T-O-X, those are injections. A pharmacy giant, now I know you're going to wonder why or even if any pharmacy giant ever does anything unethical, One pharmacy giant that's behind Botox, guess what else this pharmacy giant is behind regarding Botox? Breast implants bankrolled by doctors to push trans-cosmetic procedures. Allergen uh, esthetics, a E S T H E T I C S. Anyway, you know the term. A pharmaceutical company, that's the name of it, the second word of it, whose products are used in cosmetic procedures has funded research that promotes cosmetic treatments as particularly helpful for transgender folks. The company produces neurotoxins. That's the element in. Botox and other facial injections as well as breast implants and as financially supported doctors who administer those procedures for transgender patients or who are involved in research on the treatment's impact on transgender people. This isn't, by the way, the 65-year-old woman who comes in complaining of marionette lines or brown spots on her face. These are individuals who are very deeply knowing that they are in the wrong body. It's medically necessary, one researcher at this pharmacy company tells us. It's medically necessary, ethical care that will help adolescents affirm who they are. Now, the study's been cited nine times. The study was not only funded by Allergan, But all seven doctors behind the research had ties to the company as advisory board members or were investigators or paid consultants, except for one, who was both an employee and a stockholder. One of the authors, Dr. Terrence Keeney, has received more than $436,000 from the company. Since 2015, you can't make this up. And another author, Dr. Alexander Rifkin, received more than 323 thousand dollars in the same time frame. Advocates of these cross-sex surgeries have very successfully branded the procedures as medically necessary. I'm I'm in I've been in the medical profession for 32 years. I don't see how anybody could declare or even try to justify that injecting lips or doing breast implants for somebody who is biologically male just so they can identify as female. I don't see how that could be considered medically necessary. But anyway, if they were, by the way, insurance companies would pay for those, and they don't. Medical industry leaders in recent years have pushed to add all kinds of cosmetic procedures Including facial contouring, laser hair removal, to the growing list of treatments considered medically necessary for transgender people. Now, that term, that's not a medical term. Considered medically necessary. It's not a medical term. It's a um, politically correct political narrative of the day claim. That's all it is. It's not factual. And by the way, no insurance company is going to pay the bill. If it was medically necessary, they would. Just throw that out there. So what else is news today? Well, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she opened her mouth. Yep, earlier today, she opened her mouth, stuck her foot in it. Social media users, one more time, just like, like they did to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris over the weekend. They criticized and they mocked KJP, her comparison of raising the debt ceiling we talked to you about a minute ago, to monthly car payments. She did that, she said, to relate to the American people. So during the press conference actually yesterday, Jean-Pierre was questioned on the upcoming meeting between Biden and congressional leaders about that debt ceiling raise and maybe some potential spending cuts. One reporter asked Jean-Pierre whether the Tuesday meeting is expected to move the ball on discussion considering both Biden and House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy haven't shown any indication that they're going to compromise on their positions. Jean-Pierre used the question to try to explain the situation so you little plebes out there in Hitherland, you know, you live out somewhere where you don't have any idea what's going on, wanted to explain the situation to you. She said, I want to step back for a second, and I really appreciate the question, but let's look at this for the American people who are trying to figure it out, who may not know what it is that we're talking about. So let's look at it through the American family's eyes for a second. If you buy a car, you're expected to pay the monthly payments. Can you see where this is going (laughs) She wasn't through. If you buy a home, you're to pay the mortgage every month. That is the expectation. That is the spending that you put forth, or spending that you may have done before. And now you're play, you're playing every month. You're pray, you're paying every month. If you don't pay your car payment, if you don't pay your mortgage payment, then your credit's going to be bad. It's going to hurt your credit. So a Twitter storm <laughs> ensued. So, how about the student loans? National Review contributor Pradhu Shanker joked. Fox News contributor Joe Concha, he commented, how about graduate students who take out student loans? Conservative commentator A.J. Hamilton tweeted, a lot of people making the point about the administration taking the opposite position on student loans, but the bigger issue here is that you spend outside your means. It's perfectly reasonable, maybe necessary, to also adjust your future spending plan while trying to pay off past debt. Grabian Media founder Tom Elliott, he joked, sorry Chevy, even though I can afford the monthly payments, I'm obviously not going to make them unless Visa issues me a new card to afford new TVs I have already planned to buy. Makes sense to me, right? What about you? She equates it with making a monthly house payment. A better analogy for the debt ceiling would be if you bought a mansion every 24 hours and just thought the bank was going to keep loaning you money for more houses. It's time for Biden in the Senate to act on the House Republican plan to responsibly address the debt ceiling instead of making more false claims. Our fiscal crisis is a result of Washington spending, not tax cuts, that grew the economy to increase tax revenue. Finally, somebody responsible replied to this charade from the White House. By the way, Jean-Pierre also criticized the action of Congress involving hesitation to raise the debt ceiling with no spending cuts. So let's look at Congress for a second. This is spending that they've already done. They've already spent it. Let's not forget the $2 trillion Trump tax cut that they were willing and happy to vote for. So we're telling them, we're saying to them, do your job, pay for something that you've already spent on. That's it. This is spending that has already occurred, she insisted. The insanity of the Biden administration illustrated perfectly the Trump tax cuts even though they were some of the biggest in U.S. history. What did that mean? It meant that you and me had more spendable money in our pockets because we weren't sending it to Washington, D.C. for the left up there to spend out the wazoo, spending for all kinds of things. And guess what happened with those tax cuts? Jean-Pierre won't even mention this. The government revenue, the federal government revenue, the first year of the Trump administration, the second year, the third year before COVID, every year, government revenue went up extraordinarily. Why? Because when we don't send our hard-earned money to Washington, D.C., we keep it and we spend it. When we buy something, what happens? We buy it from somebody a car, more groceries, movie tickets. We eat at restaurants more. We send our kids to school, college, you know, they don't come free in most cases. And what happens is there's a daisy chain. Those restaurants have employees. And so they're able to give those employees a raise you're able to spend more money at the restaurant. You couldn't even go before, but now you can not only go, instead of buying um, chicken fried steak, you can buy a ribeye and dessert. They don't want to talk about that. By far, throughout history, it always gives the people more confidence in their government, More confidence in their own lives because the government has backed off a little bit and is not getting in the citizens' pockets, taking money out, and spending it on their pet projects. Confidence. There is none in this administration right now. Americans do not trust Joe Biden. And yet... The media liaison for all 330 million of us in the Biden White House refuses to tell the truth. That is beyond my comprehension. In just a moment, speaking of lunacy, you're going to hear from Louisiana U.S. Sec- uh, Senator. John Kennedy, I want to get you prepared for that. I want to tell you about this one thing that just popped up. National Institutes of Health, they have renewed a grant. No big deal. They do it all the time. Grants, they give it out willy-nilly. They don't need congressional approval. There's no confirmation process. What they are doing is uh, funding coronavirus experiments in um, Wuhan, China. They confirmed that it has revised the aims of its experiments amid the ongoing concerns about the Wuhan China lab, maybe being involved with, maybe even inventing the coronavirus in a lab and it accidentally getting out to the public that killed millions. But they're changing their aims of experiments and with because of ongoing concerns, by removing all on-the-ground work in China and all recombinant virus culture or infection experiments. So, what is this all about? Well, the NIH—they've renewed a grant to EcoHealth Alliance. Now, that is the evil organization that took—I don't know—hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars, and they actually were the go-between giving it to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. EcoHealth announced a renewal yesterday, noting the grant had been suspended in April of 2020 because of concerns about the alleged collaborative laboratory research with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. EcoHealth's experiments involved on-site work at the WIV and involved the study of coronaviruses. Formally... Maligned as a conspiracy, the notion that the pandemic came from a lab leak from there has increasingly gained traction among federal agencies like the Department of Energy and the FBI. The FBI has for quite some time now assessed at the origin of the pandemic or most likely a lab incident in, in Wuhan. They went out public and are saying that. EcoHealth has come under repeated scrutiny for its failure to tell us about the taxpayer funded grants and faced criticism from the NIH itself for its failure to comply with several elements of the terms and conditions of grant rewards. You know, there are are some rules out there. (laughs) Go figure. Conservative watchdog Judicial Watch in April got records from the DOH, Department of Health and Human Services, showing that the NIH had approved grants to EcoHealth. Why? Experiments at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Those projects were to study interspecies transmission of coronaviruses and to create mutant strains of the virus. I'm not a scientist. I'm an everyday American that has common sense. Can anybody credibly give me an understanding of why we would try to create Mutant strains of any virus with even just the slim possibility that some of it could just slip out of the lab. Or maybe a crazed scientist could get mad at the government or mad at the American people and just take it out of the lab secretly and let it go. We've got to stop this kind of stuff. Well, there's only one way to stop it. It's not to slap them on the hands. Don't give them money to do it. They don't need our money. They can go to Pfizer Corporation and Moderna Corporation, the ones that are the recipient of all of the billions of tax dollars when these viruses get out there and they're forced, quote unquote forced, to create these vaccines. Oh man, we worked hard, we hurt. We, we, we just, we could barely get it done, but we got it done. Now, write us checks, 100 billion, 150 billion, and buy the vaccines that we developed. Too short a period of time. We didn't get the right kinds of laboratory testing done. And there are probably gonna be people that have a, adverse reactions, and there may even be some people that die. But this is what's best for the American people just get something we can call a vaccine. And get it in people's arms. That's the way we do it now. When I came into Zimbabwe, when I came in, I almost didn't get in the country. They wanted a COVID-19 vaccine card. I didn't have one. I didn't get one. I'm unvaccinated and I'm glad I didn't get vaccinated. Well, you could have caught COVID-19 and given it to other people. Well, guess what? I got COVID-19. I was down for about 20 hours. But guess what didn't happen? I have no adverse reactions to a experimental vaccine that wasn't proven. The efficacy wasn't confirmed through normal laboratory tests. That's a crime against humanity. That's all I can say about that. So... NIH is at it again. I told you I wanted you to hear from U.S. Senator from Louisiana, John Kennedy. Now, what is he going to talk about? Kennedy is incensed. The Democrats in the U.S. Senate have gone nuts because they want to force members of the U.S. Supreme Court to some congressional-created ethics rule, ethics rule. Throughout history, the ethics issues or the alleged or even possible issues for any Supreme Court justice, you know how those were handled? By the other Supreme Court justices. And so through 240 years, we haven't had any to speak of. But all of a sudden, Democrats are demanding there be accountability to Congress Kennedy went nuts.
3: Now, the absence of an ethics code written by Congress in statute doesn't mean that justices lack guidance or accountability. Justices and judges routinely consult the existing code of conduct. And federal law already requires recusal in certain circumstances like bias or financial interest. We all know that. The justices are also subject to strict financial disclosure rules, just like my colleagues here. Not only is this Democratic proposal unconstitutional, it is unnecessary. The attacks on conservative justices are targeted, they're exaggerated, the alarmism is affected. The danger isn't that rogue justices are operating without ethics. It's that Democrats aren't winning every fight and they find that reality intolerable. I've been disappointed by Supreme Court opinions too. But my Democratic colleagues should fill out a hurt feelings report and move on for the sake of the Constitution. Look. The agenda-driven story here is that Justice Thomas has a rich friend who had no business before the United States Supreme Court. For context, let's recall that history is littered with examples of public officials failing to disclose their every transaction. We can acknowledge it's required by law, it is. We can acknowledge it's the right thing to do, it is. But we can do that without maligning each justice's motives and the entire institution's credibility, for God's sakes. You know who else amended their disclosures because of inadvertent admissions? Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Justice Stephen Pryor. Two good people. Justice Jackson made multiple amendments. Three days three days after President Biden nominated her. Not one senator brought that up during her confirmation hearings. Not one of my colleagues here walked into her hearings with with the buckets of mud that they've thrown against Justice Thomas. Not one. Nor should we have. In the last month, some, not all, but some Democrats and their media allies Have hyped up attempted hit pieces on every Republican appointed Supreme Court justice except for one. They've tried going after Justice Kavanaugh for buying baseball tickets, Justice Alito for having dinner with people who gossip, the wife of Chief Justice Roberts for hiring good lawyers, Justice Gorsuch for selling land in an LLC which he properly disclosed to a major donor for the, to the Democratic Party, for God's sakes, who he's never even met, and Justice Thomas for having a rich friend. Justice Barrett, if you're listening, I hope you don't have library books overdue. If recent in, uh, history is any indicator, you're next. Today's hearing is an excuse to sling more mud at an institution that some, not all, some Democrats don't like because they can't control it 100% of the time. And that's a fact, and everybody in this hearing room knows that. Until they get the outcome they want in every case, I fear they are going to continue to slander it in an effort to take control of it. And I pray to God I am wrong.
0: I do too, Senator. I do too. I don't want us to go back into a world where any members of Congress control every member of government. It doesn't constitutionally work that way. Three co-equal branches of government. That's the way it is. That's the way it needs to stay. Thank you so much for joining us today. Wow. Sorry for the delayed start. It's because of a mistake that we didn't make, somebody else made, but nevertheless, we got it corrected. We will be back every day this week, delayed one hour live. Instead of 9 to 11, 10 till 12 noon Central Time. See you tomorrow at 10 Central.
5: It's not the first time. Same.